Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, uh, spoiler free, although this week there will be spoilers, so watch out. Uh, I am Jason, and I have switched bodies with my co-host. And I'm Harrison, and I love horror movies, and my husband, in that order. Eh. (laughs) Yes. Accurate. (laughs) This week, we're doing an overview. Uh, This week, continuing um, last week's episode, we're doing an overview of both series in the Buffyverse, uh, Buffy and Angel. And we're going to discuss some of our favorite and least favorite moments from the series, and also discuss some controversial fan arguments. Um, We, uh, last week, we realized we had a, a, we still have a whole bunch of prompts left, but we were going way over, because... Believe it or not, we like talking about Buffy and Angel, and we can't shut up about it. So we decided to cut it into two parts, and this is part two, and once again, this is pretty much like the point of no return, spoilers are on in full. So if you've been following along with us and it's your first time watching Buffy, you're okay to skip these episodes. We we love you. Um, so Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, Harrison, I'm going with a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, it is, uh, it is from a, uh, winery brand called, uh, The Naked Grape. Uh, I was, mm-hmm. I made, uh, some pasta for a friend, uh, for a birthday this past weekend, and I, like, nothing goes better with pasta than a glass of wine. So I decided to pick up a new wine, and I, and I was just drawn to the name because I like when things are naked, so... Naked grape. Naked grape. I, too, am drinking a red wine. Mine's a Pinot Grigio. Uh Uh, And it came from a box. (laughs) (laughs) As some of your favorite Uh, wines do. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You know, it's so funny. I feel like I mentioned this uh, once. Like, you know, we used to drink a lot of boxed wine when we were, like, younger. And then we stopped drinking boxed wine. And then during, like, quarantine, we've gone back to boxed wine. (laughs) It's like it's like three bottles in one box, and it's just easier. Um, especially since we don't want to make the trip across town to Trader Joe's uh, for the the nice three buck chop. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so um, for toast, um, here's to uh, red wine. May it always warm my veins. And my liver. Hell yeah. I don't know if it actually does that, but... <laughs> sure tastes good going down. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> um, so, uh, I'll get us started. Okay. Um, our first category, our first prompt, our first whatever you want to call it, is Favorite Big Bad... And, um, so for the, for, um, for like the, uh, the big bads, I didn't really distinguish between Angel or Buffy because Angel doesn't quite follow. Yeah. Angel doesn't. The exact yeah. same big bad formula. Yeah. It's, it's basically like um, Buffy has the formula of the like one big villain per season. Whereas mm-hmm. Angel did have like, 
it had several like smaller villains and the overarching uh, threat of Wolfram and yeah. Hart. So, um, exactly. But hey, I know exactly who your favorite big I bad is. It, it, and I know who yours are is. Are you sure? <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah. maybe. But, oh, uh, gosh. Harrison, your favorite big bad is, without a doubt, Claire Kramer herself, Glory. Mm-hmm. Or Ben. Yes. <laughs> uh, who's to say? Uh, glory, Glorificus, the Beast. Um, oh, magnificent, shiny, magnificent, shiny one. Um, <laughs> or the, all the various platitudes her minions bestow yep. upon her. Um, I, I find, you know, similar to the mayor, um, Glory is just one of those villains that is so weird. Like, uh, like conceptually, she's a goddess from a hell dimension. So like, that's cool. But also she's, uh, she's, you know, like, she's almost like, what if pre-character development Buffy was an evil hell goddess? I do love that when, um, that when Buffy first meets her, the first thing she says that she's kind of like Cordelia. (laughs) Yes, it's hilarious. Um, and I also really like that Glory's kind of an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, um, I, and it's, uh, you know, part of that is definitely like she has all this immense physical strength. So they need to have something to make her still like you can fight against. And, um, so making her kind of dumb is, is a good leveling yeah. out of her powers. And, um, but she is like physically the strongest big bad that Buffy ever faced, faces. Um, she might be the strongest character in the entire Buffy verse. I think Illyria might give her a run for her money. Ooh, there's a but, fight I'd like to see. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, she's just, I, I just think she's so fun. She's so funny. Like, Claire Kramer is hilarious. Um, but she's also, like, um, when she's scary, she's scary. Yeah. Um, I think of the scene where she's in Buffy's house talking like threatening Buffy's family um and like Dawn comes in and it's it's really scary it's really tense and even her first uh first scene is like um you know the build-up to her is great we keep hearing about the beast and then we um we hear all the sounds of destruction and like the beast is coming oh my god oh my god and then the huge like warehouse door busts down and like through the debris comes this tiny diminutive woman in a little red dress but then she then she proceeds to beat the ever-living shit out of Buffy um and um and then just combine that with the fact that she is part of what is of my she's she is the villain of my favorite season she is part of one of my favorite arcs on the entire storyline um and then she even gets some really great emotional beats with Ben uh near the end of the season where you even kind of start to empathize with her a little. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I love her. I love the glory. Yeah, so the glory moment that I always remember is um, when uh, when she's sitting on the park bench next to Tara and um, yes. just totally oh fucks up her brain. Like, oh yeah. my god. The one that always gets me is when she, that first fight with Buffy, um, and they're fighting and then glory like grabs buffy and she goes i just realized 
you have superpowers. That's so cool. <laughs> can can you fly? And then just <laughs> literally throws Buffy full bodied across the room. And it's funny, but like Buffy's face after that is like, holy shit, I am so far out of what my was right that? now. Like, um, uh, which is so funny coming off of the, the previous season with Adam, who also was like a, a physical, uh, uh, outmatched Buffy physically, but I never felt that sense of danger. Yeah from Adam that I do from Glory. Um, so it's just, yeah, everything about Glory works for me. I love Glory so much. I I almost wish she could have lived to continue to terrorize the Snoopies <laughs> another day. Um, but also, I will say, I don't want that because a little bit of Glory also goes a long <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, so, good yes. pick. Um, so I was gonna guess that your favorite big bad was Angelus, but then you were acting weird, so I don't know. So anymore. the thing about Angelus is um I love the entire story arc, but I also feel that mm. um Angelus is only a part of it. And uh he's not completely as as Buffy as the development of Angel happened through Buffy and the series Angel, that's not his entire being. So mm-hmm. it's it's just a chapter of that story. It's a really good chapter, but if we're talking like if we're just singling out the big bad, he is actually not my favorite big bad. Okay. Uh, my All favorite right. big Ooh, bad is Mayor Richard Wilkins. Um, All right. Yeah, and nice. definitely definitely realized how much I loved him after we like did our whole go through of season three. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, you mentioned it before. He's so wacky, so zany that he's a villain that can really only exist in Buffy. And, but also, mm-hmm. and I love the, um, that he's able to get a slayer on his side. Um, and it like puts yeah. her, like him on even footing against the Scoobies. Um, I love the twisted relationship he has with Faith. Um, I love, love, love just every single dark twisted line that is able to turn into just a all shucks moment um and (laughs) then uh but also i it's such good payoff for when you actually um see him angry or uh vile and yeah it's it's just it's so good and i love the arc of even though it's mostly build up to the actual confrontation with the mayor at graduation, mm-hmm. I I think it's I think it it works so well. The story is so great. Yeah, yeah. I I really love that we both chose slightly wackier yeah. ones. Uh, um, but but I do think both of these, uh, the mayor and Glory, both represent. Um, it represents you how know, special all of the Buffy is. We love. Yeah, yeah. Um, because um, you can get, you know, Buffy has that heavy emotional and, you know, co- comedic things that was very poorly worded, but you know what? I mean. <laughs> and I do want to give a shout out, uh, an honorable mention to Wolfram and Hart. Uh, technically, like the only big bad of Angel. I just, I love that they took the the whole like lawyers are evil trope and just went with it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, like... And, like, really go for yeah, it. Yeah, and there are times when it works, there are times when it doesn't, but mo- it's more hit than miss, and especially in season five. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I, um... There, there's a, uh... There's a great line from uh, Lila, um, who is more or less our, our most consistent, like, Wolfram and Hart representative throughout the the, the Angel uh, run uh, until the final season. But she has a great line where she's like, she's, if you don't do this to someone, like, we'll, uh, like, we'll sue and your ass your and two, murder your entire yeah, family. Yeah, and, like, eat your children or something. Something like, like that. And then I, she goes, I'm we kidding. Don't want, no one yeah, no one wants a lawsuit. <laughs> yes, that's immediately what I was thinking of. As soon as you said that, like, there's a line, I'm like, all right, it's got to be that one, because that is, like, fully yeah. representative of Wolfram and Hart. Right. It's so uh, All right. Next all right. prompt. Um, uh, you want to guess mine first? Uh, yes. So the next prompt is least favorite big bad. Um, and I'm 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 betting that we're on the same page. Yeah, here. I think we are too. Let's just both say that our least favorite big bad is Adam. Adam. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I was on the fence between Adam and the first evil. But ultimately, I think the first evil's problems are not conceptual. Yeah, no. The f- I think it's just in the first evil is a, a fantastic lot. concept, which we talked about at a little bit when we talked about um, amends, and uh, which we'll get to talk about more when we get to season seven. And it was, yeah. um, and also like the there's that really awesome scene in the season premiere when the first evil takes the form of all the big bads. So cool. Yeah. Um, I think I think the big problem with the first is in that middle section of season. Yeah, seven. it's it, it, once again you have that, this you have this yeah. villain that is able to take it, like any form of any dead person, and it sticks with Buffy. I, I guess for yeah. budget reasons, <laughs> um, it's absolutely for yeah. budget reasons. Um, but I do and have it, to say, and it works sometimes, but it does not work. I, I do have to say that um, probably my favorite use of the first evil. Is um, and we should be talking about Adam, but my favorite use of the first yeah. evil is uh, when Faith comes back after helping mm-hmm. Angel, and uh, he and the first evil takes the form of Mayor Wilkins, which is yeah. the best way to fuck with Faith. Um, exactly, yeah. and it needed it, the first evil needed more of yeah. that uh, as the season went on. But Adam, Adam, Adam is flawed conceptually, just from like the idea of Adam as the big bad does not work. And I do want to get into, before we just talk about why he fails so much, I I want to get into a little bit of trivia um, because Adam was never intended to be the big bad of season four. Um, Was it the leader of the initiative? Yeah. Maggie Walsh. Yeah. Was intended to be the the big bad. And you know, I more or less was going to be there. (laughs) Yeah. I more or less enjoyed her as a villain. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, if, like, the initiative as a whole had been the villain, then maybe the story wouldn't have been as bad. But, um, right. like, Adam just kind of seemed like this, oh, we need something for Buffy to punch that isn't exactly. like these humans. Um, it was going to be more of a... An into, Maggie was going to be more of an intellectual villain, like this science versus magic kind of conflict with Adam there at, literally as like her muscle. Um, and then there was a scheduling conflict with 
uh, Lindsay Krause, I believe, is that is the actress's name. Let me check Maggie. it just to be sure. Um, uh, that led to her being killed off midway through the season, and Adam yep, taking Lindsay over Krause the role. Lindsay Krause plays Maggie Walsh. Uh, um, and Adam taking over the role. So I think that, too, is part of your problem, is they had to do a reset, like, mid-season of what their plan was. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, also, like, it's... I get that it's, like, kind of a Frankenstein's monster sort of thing, but it just it, it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. And... Yeah. Um... I don't know how you stand on the, like the Scoobies coming together as like a Megazord to fight, uh, to fight and eventually kill Adam. It that always, I I, I make some allowances for some kooky things in Buffy, but that one always <laughs> seemed just really, um, which is I... why I'm glad that that is not the season finale. I'm glad that we are able to end on Restless. Because one trippiest fucking episode in the whole series, yeah, and also like it it puts a more interesting taste in your mouth than like mm-hmm. a disappointing one from the previous episode, yeah. which is like a uh, uh, primeval. Primeval. I don't mind it so much. I I like I tr- I really like it metaphorically because part of the arc of the season is as they're moving on to college they've all been finding themselves pulled in different direction and directions. And that's been putting a strain on their friendship, which spike is able to, uh, uh, exploit yeah. to drive them apart. So I do like that metaphorically of them working through that and coming together as a unit again. But yeah, in practice, it's, I always think of the scene where he shoots like a rocket at her and she like turns it into doves and it's like, okay. I mean, that's... no, like I just <laughs> like, like I just feel like Archer saying it's a metaphor for your relationship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, so I I do appreciate it on that metaphorical level, but yeah, in practice, it does come across as a little silly. Um, okay, Harrison. There. Oh, or sorry, you're still going on. Oh, I was just gonna say, I just yeah, Adam sucks. Yeah, uh, it's and, it, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a little rough getting through the season four since that's our next season up. But um, the good news is that, one, we also get to uh, enjoy uh, Angel season one. And um, we get to look forward to Buffy season five. And we get the introduction of Tara. Tara. And uh, Anya stepping into a more prominent role. And another good thing about uh, season four... um, is the next prompt uh we're talking about monsters of the week mm-hmm. your favorite monster of the week and uh yes you're up first harrison so i know what my favorite monster of the week is and i kind of gave it away i don't know if it's your favorite um <laughs> i honestly don't know so... what your favorite monster of the week would be <laughs> i know like some that you hate uh I'm pretty vocal yeah. about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it, yeah, favorite monster of the week. Um, I don't know. Okay, so I actually think we have the same okay. one. So I, I'm going to pick a different one just for the sake of, you know, mixing okay, things yeah. up. We can't um, agree on everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to say 
my second favorite monster of the week. It's going to be so funny if, like, you totally throw me a curveball and you say something that I'm not expecting from you. Um, but my, I'm going to say Sweets. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, musical Demon. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good pick. I um, I didn't even think... Yeah. I it's, it's just Once More With Feeling is such a unique episode. It's hard to, like, yeah. give it the... Um, it's hard to give it the uh, the terminology that we give a typical Buffy episode. But yes, yeah. Sweets is a villain of the uh, monster of the week, and uh, he's so stylish. He's so cool. His song fucking slaps. <laughs> like, um, and also and I tap love dancing. that he is tap yes. dancing. Um, I love that he's one of the very few um, like one off villains who gets away. <laughs> like they don't beat. They don't beat him. He just leaves. Yeah, I'll oh. see you in hell. <laughs> it's it's. I love him. I think he's so cool. Uh, Hinton Battle, uh, the actor who plays him, uh, is a is a pretty well known like Broadway star. Um, I mean, you would and... have to get somebody of that yeah. level for that role. Um, yeah. And also, like his presence there is like what triggers one of the best episodes of the series um yeah so yeah favorite big uh favorite uh monster of the week um the gentleman from hush um yeah yeah, it's it's kind of sad that like the best episode from season four is a monster of the week episode (laughs) and i will say there are some developments because uh that is when uh, Buffy finds out about the that Riley's in the initiative, correct? Yeah. Yes. And he finds out that she's the slayer. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, like, the fact that the... Uh, and it's it's very similar to Sweets in the fact that, oh, instead of being trapped in a musical, people can't talk. Um, and this leads to very comic scenes that, that we remember. But I think the thing that you remember the most about the gentleman is they are fucking scary oh so my god yeah no like uh, and and the fact is is like if you were ever up against a gentleman you wouldn't be able to scream and that's that's horrifying <laughs> yeah that's actually like a recurring nightmare that i have um the the situation is always different but it is um and I, my whole life i've actually had this nightmare but I'm always, like, in danger, being chased by something or someone, and I can't scream. I'm trying as hard as I can to scream for help, and no sound comes out. Um, so, yeah, I've had that nightmare my entire life. And then when I first saw that episode, I was like, oh, my God, that is that is the nightmare that I have, yeah. like, <laughs> come to life. It is so terrifying. Um, shout out to the lead gentleman who's played by uh, erstwhile monster performer Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, uh, Doug Jones. Who was, he's currently uh, Saru, Captain Saru. Um, is he the captain? I can't remember. I don't think he ever some, been, has officially been named Saru. the captain. He's commander <laughs> officially. So, yeah. but we've got the, uh, hey, uh, season premiere Star this Trek Thursday. Discovery. I know, I'm excited. <laughs> um, but he also, he's uh, both the fawn and the pale man in Pan's Labyrinth. He is Abe um, Sapien in um, mm-hmm. in Hellboy. Uh very frequent collaborator with Guillermo del Toro. He's in The yeah. Shape of Water. You, um, yeah, you've almost never seen his actual face. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I think the only time I've ever seen his actual face is Galaxy Quest because he's one of Justin. He he's Galaxy one of Quest. Justin's long, Justin Long's friends 
who are like all nerds that he gets together. Like he's the really tall nerd. Oh my god, I didn't know that. No, that's like his first movie, and he doesn't have any prosthetics on. Fantastic. Which is hilarious. (laughs) Given that it's Galaxy Quest. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I did not know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Also, like, uh, he's, for some reason, um, he is uh, in Hellboy 1, he, like, he portrays Abe Sapien, but Abe Sapien is voiced by David Hyde Pierce. yeah. In, however, in Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Doug Jones both portrays him and voices him. So, that's interesting. Yeah. And honestly, I think I think he's better. But then again, I just I I recently watched both seasons of Star Trek Discovery and was reminded of once again of why I love Doug Jones. Yeah, I've really um, I've always um, been very impressed by his mon- as a monster performer. Um, so it's been really cool on Discovery to get to see him. I mean, yeah, he's playing an alien, but to actually get to play a, a really three-dimensional yep, character. Yep, gets a lot of development. And get to, uh, get to act a little more. And he's great. I mean, I, he's one of my favorite characters on, on Discovery. Mm-hmm. My favorite is Sylvia Tilly, though. <laughs> Why did I know that? <laughs> <laughs> I... I love her pure enthusiasm for science. I I can't remember what episode it was, but they managed to do something, and she just yells, that's the power of math, people! And I don't even like math, but I was like, oh my gosh, I love that you love math. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, all right. All right. Um, oh, and... You know, when I was originally thinking about this prompt, I completely forgot, like, an honorable mention goes to the poltergeist from I Only Have Eyes For You. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, that episode is so it good. It is. Uh, if you want to hear us talk at length about them with friend of the show, Ben Gerhardt, go ahead and check out our I Only Have Eyes For You episode, yes. um, where you can get all your podcasts. Uh, all right. Um, least favorite monster of the week. Okay. Mine is I'm mine is very uh, it's very um, kind of out of nowhere, and I do, and I dislike it for interest for a little more interesting reasons than just they're bad. I'm gonna guess. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to guess the, uh, because this was the episode you, you, you listed as like your least favorite of Angel, uh, the demons in Provider. The ones who give Fred the, the cube. Yeah. They want to steal Fred's head after she solves their puzzle. No, because I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. It's like the, the reason I dislike that episode is just, um the story of it all um okay no my least favorite um because one it's just a hard episode to watch nowadays um but uh the chumash tribe is uh and i don't like it because one it's a little racist um yeah, Uh, yeah the fact that like oh there's so few representations of native americans one yeah the fact that there's not a lot of representation for native people in buffy um just Mm -hmm. in general and that when representation does come it's in the form of a 
like very very like a stereotypical depiction of native americans and of course they're also villains that uh put curses mm-hmm. on people and i mean yeah. if if we're like joking about curses like in parks and rec like that's that's a completely different thing um yeah but uh yeah and this and it's really sad because this is kind of like the first time when Angel comes back to Buffy after having spun off and it's just such a weird it's just such mm-hmm. a weird episode like I always remember these villains felt so out of place and it's yeah, yeah and it and it's, it's just very, not good it's not good it's very uncomfortable as you said it's I mean it's pretty racist and um and there's also this very clumsy um attempt at like dissecting these issues mm-hmm. um that are uh, you know we've got in that episode we have willow um trying to stand up for the the shumash people um but then immediately like throws all that out the window when they become a threat to them and it, it's i don't know yeah it's i feel like that's gonna be an interesting episode to discuss uh when we uh when we get there yep um all right, so your least favorite uh, villain. Um, I really hated the Gorge Brothers, so <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, like, gosh, uh, I mean, technically they did come back, but um, oh, what was it? Um, hmm. I just had something in my head. Um, oh. The dude, the um, the guy who's hunting werewolves. Oh God, Kane. <laughs> Is that your your official guess? Yeah, because again, like I feel like we we never really talk about uh, monsters of the week and superlatives mm-hmm. that much, apart from the gentleman. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my guess because you went on and on about how much you disliked him. I mean, hell, for I all I know, Hank Hank Summers could be your least favorite monster. <laughs> of the week. Oh God, uh, he appears too often to be that's a, true. A mere monster of the week. <laughs> um, while I do hate Kane, yeah, he's not. Um, mine's actually kind of a random one. I feel there's this random like monster in um, in Angel season three i think that is a sentient demon tree that somehow has access to the internet that uses like is on like singles dating websites oh to lure wow people i forgot about you remember what i'm talking i about? forgot about that do you remember what episode that is um oh gosh um I, I don't remember. Okay, so it's I'm pretty sure it's season three because it's uh, Wesley or not Wesley Gunn and Fred are dating at the time. Okay, um, because they're the ones who are supposed to be um, like watching this guy, and then he's like sucked in by the tree because it eats people that it lures yeah. to it, and they they like miss it because they're having a, a a very inappropriately timed conversation about their relationship. Um, which that's also part of the reason I hate this demon. Let me see if I can find it. Is that it's um, um, 
it's stupid. Like, I, yeah. it's a dumb demon. <laughs> but it also, um, it's involved in this, like, storyline where Wesley and Fred are both, uh, Fred in particular, are, um, are acting uncharacteristically stupid um, and not focusing on their, uh, their their job and what they're supposed to be. It's doing. interesting how the uh, how like the it's not just the villain that affects what we say is the best or the worst, but it's also like the overall story as well. Because again, yeah. like these villains are just like one and done, so you kind of have to look at the whole experience that they give you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, any listeners, if you remember what episode this freaking mo- tree monster comes from. <laughs> uh please uh please help us out because we are we're at a loss if this were see if this were a buffy monster of the week i could tell you like season number <laughs> um but uh yeah also honorable men- or i guess dishonorable mention goes to the goddamn fish people in uh go fish <laughs> and i feel like if you don't know how i feel about them by now go listen to our go fish episode um all, All right. right, so our next one is Favorite Buffy Regular. Um, and listeners, if you uh, don't remember, a regular, a series regular is um, uh, someone who, at least on Buffy, someone who appears in the opening credits of of the episodes. Um, All right. So, um, so, Harrison, I believe yes. your favorite Buffy regular... Part of me wants to say Anthony Stewart Head as Giles, oh, okay. but, but I'm going to go with Allison Hannigan as Willow Rosenberg. All right. Uh, both of your guesses are good. Oh, they okay. are also wrong. All right, then. Um, Dazzling. Another good guess would have been Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy Summers. Yeah. Uh, but Emma Caulfield as Anya, Christina, Emanuela Jenkins. Love it. Um, She is... uh, First of all, she is the subject of one of my top ten favorite episodes of the entire series, which is season seven, not helpless, uh, selfless, um, which is all about her backstory, um, and I just think is a really gorgeous episode. Um, Anya is funny. Anya is so funny. But... yes. Anya is also um, uh, an incredibly uh, well-developed character whose arc over the course of the series is so spectacular. She is very much um, your uh, your Data um, or like your Odo, um, you know, this non-human character um, or in Anya's case, this newly human character who is trying to just figure all this shit out. Which is so relatable. As yeah. a person who has always been human, I'm constantly trying to figure all this shit out. And um, yeah. I think the best example yeah. of that um, is uh, is her monologue mm-hmm. right after Joyce dies. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And it basically is a perfect... A perfect uh, distillation of grief... In its most basic form. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like somebody's just now coming up with like, oh, what is grief? Yeah. It really hurts me. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so I just, I find her a fascinating character. I, I get frustrated in season seven because I feel like after her focus episode, um, season seven sidelines her a lot. Um, especially after kind of establishing this um, pattern that she has that we've seen that I think is such an interesting arc to set up for her where throughout the course of the series, we see her kind of latch on to whatever comes along um, and kind of forming her identity around that. Mm-hmm. So that was becoming a vengeance demon. Then that was being uh, being human and being with Xander. And then that was being a businesswoman. And then um, being a vengeance demon again. And then finding that unsatisfying. And then really, set, I, I love Selfless because it really sets up this arc for her that is, okay, who am I? I'm going to find out. That unfortunately doesn't really get um, followed up on the way that it should. And... Um, so I do find that disappointing, but I don't fault Anya for that. Um, and also bunnies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it must be bunnies. And I love that the intro to that, like the one, it's a joke that gets carried on for the entire, for the entire time that Anya's on the show, like starting in season four. But the fact that it's first introduced when they say, oh, it's Halloween, you know, you gotta dress up as something that's really terrifying, and she comes in wearing a bunny suit. Like, like one of those Easter ones. Yeah. Like, not a sexy bunny suit, like a big it's... fluffy. And I think it's Giles who's like, what are you wearing that for? And she just very matter-of-factly is like, bunnies frighten me. Like, and I love in Tabula Rasa when she's trying to figure out how to do the spells and all she can do is make bunnies appear. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the button of that joke where we learned that in her when she was human a thousand years ago before becoming a vengeance demon, um, she loved bunnies and she raised them and <laughs> uh, sold them not for not in exchange for money or goods, but for, what she say, like the... Uh, the feeling of goodwill of helping others. <laughs> <laughs> so far removed from how she is later in her, uh, a thousand years later. It's it's an extremely good payoff to that joke. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Jason, hmm. I'm going to guess. I'm already going to tell you that it's not David Boreanaz. Um. Who has, like, the, uh, who, along with, uh, along with, uh, Cordelia... And um, Spike get to be series regulars on both shows. Um, I'm gonna guess. Uh, no, I was I was about to be an asshole and pick Xander. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, I'm gonna guess Willow. Uh, no, actually, a good guess, but, um, I'm going to be super, super basic and say Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy. I was kind of hoping you would. I felt like (laughs) we needed to make sure it got said. No, it's, it's, um, and no, I am, to go on what, on your guess, Willow's journey from being the meek, timid girl that didn't, like, that had one friend who's a total asshole um, (laughs) to being to all the stuff that she goes through from being a kick-ass witch to um, literally becoming friggin' evil and to then recovering from that to be, like, one of the saviors of the world is a really good story. But here's the thing about Buffy Summers. Mm Mm-hmm. 
whereas Xander and Willow start off weak, Buffy was always strong. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're talking about a time when strong female uh, protagonists weren't a norm. It's not something that people try to... That, like, unlike today, where people try to have strong female protagonists as much as they can, um, in the 90s, that wasn't really a thing. Like, maybe yeah. Xena. I was um, you had Xena and Dana Scully. And I know, was, yeah, that's that, it. That was about um, it. Yeah, and the fact that Buffy is able to come on here and, like, she smashes expectations. And, I mean, she Sarah Michelle Gellar does have to sell the show as the main character Mm -hmm. as the titular character and it's like and it's a wacky show to sell but the fact that she sarah michelle geller is able to do just about anything in this show and like she can be funny she's constantly sarcastic but she can be loving she can be sad she can be angry um heartbroken she has the full range and then like you find out that she can sing in once more with feeling um and every relationship that she has on the show feels like a real relationship yeah um and i and i feel like everybody else is able to draw from the strength that that Buffy has as the main character and make the show what it is. And yeah, we've talked before about how there are some people who say that Buffy's a terrible protagonist. Buffy's an amazing protagonist. Yeah. And Sarah Michelle Gellar is an amazing actress. So screw you people who, <laughs> who don't appreciate her. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to add. I, you said it, you said it all. Thank you. Um, so uh, buddy comedy starring Sarah Michelle Gellar and Emma Caulfield. Let's, let's get to work. Hollywood. I would like to see them reunite. That would be fun. Um, did you did you see the? Um, it was a couple of years ago for the twentieth anniversary. Uh, Entertainment Weekly hat did like a reunion of um, of most of the cast. Um, I think the only person, like the only regular who wasn't part of the reunion, was um, Anthony Head. I, th- I think he was unavailable to to do it. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure I watched it. It's just it's been a yeah. while. Yeah, it was very sweet. It was like uh, it was uh, it, it was really cool to see the them all come together. Again. Oh yeah, like those reunions are those reunions are always fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Um, we talked about Buffy regulars. Buffy. So let's talk about Angel regulars. Um, so, Jason, I'm. I'm guessing, I, part of me is like, I'm guessing that you saved David Boreanaz for this one. You're right. But I, but I, uh, okay. I was yeah. like, but I was like I'm, maybe I'm second guessing myself. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and gosh, I feel like even more basic because like, oh, who did you pick like the two main characters? But yeah, I mean. There's I a reason they're the main character. Yeah, I could not pick Angel because he is, he's like not only one of my favorite character, my favorite character in the Buffyverse, he's. He's one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a... I love his story. I mean, he had a fairly complete story in the first two seasons of Buffy. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to build on that with season three of with season three of Buffy and the series of Angel. 
And I mean, some things that were added were not so great, but overall told like a really great story of somebody just struggling to make amends for the things that he's done. I mean, uh, I think, I think we can, yeah, I think we can all relate to Angel at some point because there are times when we feel devoured by the demons inside of us and there are times that we feel that what we're doing isn't good enough and we hit like depressions on just oh man i can't i can't i don't belong in this good world like Mm -hmm. the i think it's so relatable and the fact that he keeps on fighting yeah and but he also makes mistakes Mm -hmm. and the fact that he is this reluctant leader of angels and angel investigations like he he almost seems like th- this isn't something that I should be in charge of but he he is and he yeah. he does that and I love the I love the second half the latter half of season 5 where after um Angel sees what like after Cordelia passes the vision powers on to Angel and you're welcome he sees what is happening with the senior partners that's when he realizes that I have to take action and I mean it's I love that the last time we see Angel on screen in those la- that last run of episodes basically mm-hmm. from like after you're welcome to to uh not fade away um yeah because you got why we fight smile time and then hole in the world and everything after that like that's just an, a ridiculously good run of episodes yeah and Angel, yeah. it and Angel is a highlight of yeah. it. I, I think I agree. I think Angel is so great. I also just want to say, um, you know, Angel was a good character on Buffy, um, but a- on Angel, he got to be a great character. Agree. Um, he, um, he got to evolve away from Buffy. Um, Buffy the character and Buffy the show to be his own thing and the show got to be its own thing and we got to see an angel who um was no less broody or uh, melodramatic than he was on Buffy mm-hmm. but also we got to see angel um uh and learn you know with a sense of humor sometimes yeah. and uh uh you know we we kind of we don't see this as we didn't see this on Buffy but we see that Angel's kind of goofy like when he <laughs> when he can't when he wants to be and and we find about about his like his passions um like the, and the fact that he fan, and, the, and, like, and the fact that he loves Barry Manilow yeah like exactly. that is one of my favorite recurring jokes and I know that it gets like really dumb when Angel and Angelus are fighting but uh <laughs> But, like, I think Faith says something like, just think of all the time that you've wasted, Angel, being under this guy's foot. And and then Angela says, like, yeah, almost as much time as you've wasted at those damn Manilow concerts. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it just, it's so great that Angel gets to become, uh, you know, this way more three-dimensional and developed character um, on his own show. And I think it's fantastic. I love it. Um in addition to all the things you said, um, and also that we see that um, Angel in the character of Angel, we get to see this idea. You know, he's seeking redemption, but redemption isn't really a one-time thing. 
It's a continuous yeah. thing. And we see him it's stumble never and make the wrong decisions and um and fuck up, like and um and get back up again and do what's right and you know, so yeah. Yep. All right, Harrison, I think I'm pretty sure what your who your favorite angel regular <laughs> is. Because one, I know that you love the crap out of this actor and um probably like the angel character that you have mentioned the most uh over these two episodes and that's uh amy acker as winifred burkle oh wow okay um i do love my winifred burkle um, oh okay so and that's i do not... love my illyria um and i do i do think you know i don't want to i'm not gonna diminish at all um Amy Acker is incredible. I can't believe I missed like the obvious one right in front of my face. Uh, Charisma Carpenter is Cordelia Chase. It is. Um, because uh, David Boreanaz uh, is the star of the show. Charisma Carpenter is the heart of the show. Yes. Um, um, and they she... are... They are... Um, you know, I, I don't think Angel would have been a success without t- bringing Cordelia along because because it seems so wrong at first like of all no it really does I'm like, over, I'm like really Cordelia all right <laughs> it, it's so strange but one from the get-go they're they're great foils for one another oh yeah um so you've got Cordelia's perkiness and like upbeat attitude and um Angel's not (laughs) so they are just they are really good foils for one another at the beginning um but it also i do feel like it was a smart move for cordelia's character i don't know how much growth there could have been for her if she had stayed on buffy you know yeah um I, I I think she, she would have was, remained stagnant on Buffy. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that she was a one-dimensional character on Buffy. Um, she did get a lot of development, ironically enough, in her relationship with Xander. Yeah. But um, it also, yeah, the place where she was at just didn't seem to be going anywhere. Exactly. Um, but yeah, um, I think the only reason that I didn't guess originally guess her is because I also took into account season four. Yes. And um, so, well, yeah, uh, we'll address that uh, very upsetting elephant. Um, I, the writers did her dirty. They did Cordelia dirty. They did Charisma dirty. Um, what the, what she goes through in season four, I mean, it's barely even Cordelia for most of the season. Um and, and I will say, it's frustrating also in season three, the latter half of season three, we start to see her lose her edge a bit, and we get into what I call um, St. Cordelia, um, where we see all the good parts of her character development, but it's almost, like, sickeningly sweet uh, in a way that I do not care and for. The, and, and that's when they do start kind of pushing the Angel-Cordelia mm-hmm. relationship as well, which, like I, I've mentioned in the last episode, <laughs> never really hit hit like a moment of me thinking oh this is a great idea um, um and while i do like the the idea of that relationship i do agree with you that in practice it got ugh, muddled so However, one of the first oh go ahead i was gonna say like one of the first uh, gifts i ever bought for harrison mm-hmm. was a um i was fortunate enough to find a uh, cordelia action figure and uh, I believe you still have it. Um, I do. It's I can see it from here. It's sitting on my on my bookshelf. But yeah, and uh, but like I had heard Harrison rant quite a bit about how much he dislikes 
um, Cordelia basically becoming a plot device mm-hmm. in season four. So I added a little speech bubble onto the packaging of the action figure, and it basically just has Cordelia saying, I am so not a plot device. Yep. <laughs> and uh, one day, uh, one day when we're there, I'll be able to share that uh, for the, like on the gram and stuff, but uh, <laughs> all, all in the future. Um, and, you know, I, I do feel like if we had left Cordelia where we left her at the end of season four, um, I might not be saying this right now. I not I might not be saying. But then you had your welcome. Exactly. Your welcome brings Cordelia back for one last episode, and it brings her back at her perfect her perfect place of character development, where she is. You know, she has the compassion that we've seen her growing after she got the visions. Um, of course, giving her the visions was so incredible for her character development. We see her grow in her love of other people and desire to help them. But we also have her still with her snark, with her yeah, her, her bite. Um, I love the part where she meets Eve and she refers to Eve as Lila Jr. and um, and she's like, she says something of on lines when she's talking to Eve and uh, she's like, I'm Cordelia Chase, and Eve just goes, Oh, I'm, and Cordelia just goes, I didn't ask. <laughs> I and, and you know, <laughs> I love that it. That ending it. of You're Welcome. It, oh, God. It, devastating and it's like you don't see cordelia die but you do like you do see angel's reaction to the news and i do remember the first time i saw your welcome thinking like wow i feel like i just kind of lost a friend because i mean like angel she had been around since the beginning of buffy and yeah just oh man love you cordelia yeah all right um, All right. Favorite Buffy non-regular. So anybody who is uh, like a guest star um, could be for one episode, could be for several. Um, Harrison. Favorite Buffy non-regular. Hmm. This is hard because I feel like uh, I feel like Anya would have been like one of my go-tos, but then she does become a regular. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like it's gotta be a female character. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you just happen to like gravitate towards the female characters. Um, Drusilla. Oh, God. Damn. Okay, no, but... <laughs> fuck yeah, Drusilla <laughs> is great. Um, no. Uh, so, the answer would be uh, Tara... If it weren't for the fact that Tara so is a I was actually for exactly one episode. I was actually um, thinking when I first thought about this question, like, so does Tara count as a regular? Because she was technically in the credits. And boy, I have some I have some things to talk about with Joss about that episode. Like, how <laughs> dare you? I remember when I first watched that episode, I'm like, thank God they finally put her in the credits and then she dies. Yep. Uh, so I do Fuck consider it. Tara a regular. Yes, it's she's only billed as a regular for that one episode, but also she's basically in nearly every episode after her introduction. Um, which yeah, which is like mid season four. So you're talking about like um, actually early season four. It's Hush. Um, Hush is her first episode. It is okay. But yeah, um, the fact that like yeah, so she's there for most of season four. Mm-hmm. All of season five and pretty much all of season six. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm pulling up her uh, Tara's wiki page because it has a list of uh, uh, it'll have the list of appearances for her. Mm-hmm. So in season four, she's introduced in Hush and then appears in every episode for the rest of the season except the episode right after Hushed, Doomed. Um, mm-hmm. And then, in, of course, in Restless, she only appears in the dreams. She doesn't appear in the real world, but still. That hot dream. <laughs> in season five, she's in every episode except for four. And in season... Episode four or four episodes oh, total? She, yeah, she's absent from four episodes. Um, and then in season six, she's absent from, uh, she's absent from, uh, five episodes as, or five episodes, um, but two of those are after she dies. Um, so, yeah, she's, I mean, she, she is, for all intents and purposes, a regular, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I maybe would not say that if they hadn't put her in the credits for that one episode, I'd probably be like, all right, she was recurring technically, but, um, so, um, but you know what? Here's to here's to Tara McClay, who was a fucking great addition to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Absolutely, we love her. Um, but are you no, going to talk about Drusilla now? I'm not. Well, I'm not because my favorite is Joyce Summers. Okay. Um, and you know, I feel like I said so much before about. Everything I love about Joyce Summers, uh, I love the arc that she gets uh, over the course of the first three seasons. Um, unfortunately, with Buffy off to college in season four, we don't get to see her very often. But I do when we do get to see her, she's fucking great. Particularly when uh, she gets attacked by Faith and <laughs> just has balls of brass like standing yeah. up to Faith. Um, but then you know she comes back for season five for this very tragic but um very tragic very heartbreaking arc of of her illness and eventually her death and christine sutherland gives so much heart to this performance um and even dying can't prevent us from getting a few more appearances from joyce uh throughout the rest of the series and that was such a it was such a traumatic um moment in buffy because it wasn't supernatural. Yeah. Like it was a natural illness. And, um, at first everybody thought that it was glory manipulating her brain or something like that. But no, it was just, Mm -hmm. it it was just her illness. And that it's, and I am so fortunate that I have not had to, um, that I didn't have, that I have not like suffered the loss of a parent that young. Mm -hmm. Um, I, gosh, it's, it's honestly hard to think about losing my parents now, Yeah, but oh my God, it's, it's rough. And Joyce Summers, such a great mom. She Um, is. Yeah. The arc that she goes through throughout Buffy is, um, from like kind of being clueless and not being able to understand her daughter Mm -hmm. to then, um, finding out about her daughter's activities and at first like thinking, oh, I'm not. I don't like this, but then trying to be supportive and everything. It's, yeah. it's good. Yep. Um, and then of course, Joyce is also the source of one of my favorite memes that's, uh, that I've shared before of, uh, Joyce saying to Buffy, will, uh, will you be slaying? 
and mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the caption of the meme is like supportive moms to their gay kids when they're go out. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, so for you, Jason, favorite Buffy non-regular. I, I, I'm gonna say, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah, I, I actually like, I, I've kind of like been thinking about it and honestly my go-to would be Joyce. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. But since you, no, it's okay. <laughs> since you already talked about her, um, if I had to pick somebody else, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Let's go with Faith. Yeah, Faith is a Faith is a bad bitch, and uh, she has a very interesting arc. I wouldn't say it's the greatest of arcs, but I mean the fact that it works so well with the mayor's arc. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I also love um, season three of Buffy establishes the uh, relationship between Angel and Faith, which becomes like a huge thing. Um, in Angel, as well as just, you know, the title of a co- of the season nine comic, Angel yeah. and Faith. Um, but yeah, and she very much kind of follows like those tracks of um, like she does horrible things and she wants to like redeem herself for it. Um, so yeah, technically she's a non-regular in both uh, Angel and Buffy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and she's got like the five by five. Um, She's also, like, super hot um, <laughs> and, like, throws out so many gay vibes onto the show before, before like, lesbian relationships become a thing on the show. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's really fun to watch. Um, and also, like, she's, she can be scary. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, that, especially the episode where she, like, comes close to raping xander it's it's yeah the fact that um i like that she's able to uh i mentioned so much about buffy like being strong and being able to hold her own as the protagonist of a series the fact that faith is able to be a strong um antagonist yeah uh i mean i applaud her for that and especially like uh in season four when they do the body swap yeah um, oh, i can't wait to talk about that episode yeah that's that's pretty cool too mm-hmm. um but yeah uh so joyce would be my favorite but i mean faith lahane is awesome yep. and i'm very happy that i've got to meet both of those actresses jelly um <laughs> all right so our next one is favorite angel non-regular um and hmm no, Jason. I'm. I, I'm also. I'm also having a hard time. Uh, uh, I, I feel like Angel, the show, doesn't necessarily have as. I mean, it has recurring characters. Yeah, um, but they they tend to be, with a couple of exceptions, um, like on for much smaller arcs. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So I did just kind of think of what I would pick my answer to be, even though like I might regret it later. <laughs> but um. Uh, since you probably will not guess it, um, 
she was actually a uh, a supporting character on Buffy as well. Um, Darla. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Darla has like two. Is it just two, or are there more? There's probably more that she has in Buffy. Okay, so um, um, Darla appears in uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest. Yes, and then she dies in Angel. Okay, I, I didn't then, know if there was anything in between those. Not, not in between. And then she makes a, a a brief appearance in the flashback of Becoming Part One. Right, and then um, I think her last appearance on Buffy. Is there's in... another flashback yes. with um Full with like love. uh yeah the, with, the, the um, crossover flashbacks between yeah. the two shows. Incidentally, um, the, the angel half of that crossover is Darla because it's the because <laughs> uh, Fool for Love is like is Spike's backstory and Darla is Darla's backstory. But yeah, um, what we see from Darla in Buffy is just like kind of this like typical monster vampire Mm -hmm. um what we get in angel um first of all what an interesting uh way to end season one right they went through that ritual to bring back darla but as a human and then season two has angel making all of these like uh different um all these different uh what's the word um he makes all these concessions for Darla. Mm-hmm. Like he becomes obsessed with her and it like leads into um, that episode where he doesn't speak at all. Um, mm-hmm. It involves Darla and, um, and yeah, like she, she develops into such an interesting character that Angel has hope in, but then, um, but then of course, like she's almost forced to turn into a vampire by Drusilla. Yeah. Um, but then, like, it all culminates in Lullaby when um, she realizes that the life of their son, and as much, I will give Connor shit forever, <laughs> but, I mean, I cannot, his first actual appearance on the show, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't knock, because, like, that that episode made me feel so hard um, yeah. for Darla that she stakes herself to save connor to save like the son that she and angel have um i feel like it could very easily have been a bad story like having them uh like having them have a kid together but uh like julie benz makes it work she does um the revelation that she basically is um uh sharing he, he connor's uh sharing his soul with her and then the, her telling Angel, like, when he's born, that'll be gone, and I won't love him anymore. It, oh, my God. I'm just, like, thinking about Julie yeah, Benz, no, like, making that revelation. And, um, yeah. It's so funny that Darla is such an almost nothing character on Buffy that um, is, you know, they make her into have this, such this wonderful arc over on Angel. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know... When I, like, look more into Angel, I may pick a different character. Um, but Darla's what co- who comes to mind right now. Yeah. And for you, Harrison, if I had to guess, I would say that your favorite character is probably Lila. My, yes, Your favorite uh, supporting character. 
So uh, it was for me, it was a toss up between Darla and Lila um, with Drusilla also like heavily in the mix. Although Drusilla's presence on, um, on Angel isn't uh, as, um, as encompassing. Lila Morgan, I mean, what can I, I, I feel like I'm about to do the Mean Girls thing of like, what can I say about Lila Morgan? <laughs> <laughs> she punched me in the face once. It was awesome. It was awesome. Lila Morgan. She would do. Is, she would. Lila Morgan is a bad bitch. Like, um. And I love, she... I, I love her development from, uh, like, it looked like she was just going to be a flunky with, to Lindsay, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, I mean, she's, uh, she doesn't necessarily outlast him on the show but she is you know he le- Lindsay leaves the show in season two and then returns in season five and where lila is a significant presence throughout the first four seasons i think make uh re- kind of writing her out of the show for season five was a mistake per- personally that's as much as i love season five i i would have preferred lila i mean they've already established that even though she's dead she still has to work for wolf and heart so like yeah why couldn't she have been there i <laughs> But um, it was interesting that they like went with Eve. Um, yeah. but Lila you know, Jr. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with Eve that much. Um, I find Eve very bland. I, I don't hate her, but I also don't care true. about her. I do love when Marcus Hamilton first shows up, though, and like kills a guy, and Lauren says, like, well, say what you will, I still like him better than Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, Lila is a bad bitch. Yeah, um, um, but also what I really like about Lila is it could have been so easy to make Lila the, um, the, you know, this like hardcore badass lawyer bitch. And like she is, but she's also um, frequently in over her head with Wolfram and Hart, terrified that she's going to get killed by, by her employers. Um, there's a lot of humanity to Lila that she does everything in her power to stamp down, which I think is really interesting, um, particularly when she forms this relationship with Wesley, which yeah. is uh, an extremely interesting pairing of characters, I think, because um, they, you know, it kind of starts off the Xander and Cordelia hate fucking, uh, but with actual fucking in this case. Yeah, um, I feel and... like you, yeah, and I feel like you needed um lila to push wesley's dark story forward Mm -hmm. yeah um like she was necessary for that she was but also wesley pushes her Mm -hmm. you know they they kind of come together into this gray which is really interesting um yeah i just think lila is such a great character i also think um uh stephanie romanoff i believe uh is the actress who plays her is great i love her she's very funny she gets all she gets a lot of really snarky lines uh, with people. You're and, correct, Stephanie Romanoff. Uh, she's, um, yeah, she's great. I also think, I'm almost certain she is the most, uh, of the, like, uh, of the recurring cast, she appears in the most episodes, like the most uh, featured recurring character. That makes sense. Um, and incidentally, Joyce is also of the non-regulars, the, the non-regular Buffy character who appeared in the most episodes. Also makes sense. Um, um, so yeah, I love, I love Lila Morgan. I... Um, uh, you know, similar to Glory, she has, um, you know, I love her, her evilness, but also these moments where despite that I can empathize with her. Um, so, so yeah, that's my, that's Mm -hmm. my favorite Angel on Regular. It's a good pick. Good pick. All right. It's a little hot in here. 
I was just thinking about Lila, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're up, by the way, to introduce this next category. Uh, The next one is least favorite Buffy character. So I decided, I I felt like it'd be easier when we're going least favorite to just combine, instead of doing separate, like regular, non-regular, just. Yeah, it was hard (laughs) enough to come up with like non-regulars for Angel. Um, uh. You, can you guess which one is a? Uh, actually, um, no. Do I guess yours? Uh, I, it's my turn to guess you. Okay. I think uh, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, I don't think we've necessarily been going quiet as back and forth as, but whatever. Fine. We're 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 having we're fun. having a good time. <laughs> having a good time. Um. So. Hmm. Oh no! Fuck! I was about to be like, it could be this person. It could be this person. But it's Riley. It's yeah. You got it. <laughs> it's Riley. <laughs> Mark Lucas is Riley. God. Um. And I. I feel like I've already gone off on this tirade <laughs> when we were talking about why I dislike season four. Yeah. But um. Yeah. The fact that that relationship really did just feel like, oh hey Buffy, this is what it's like to have a normal relationship. This is like a version of Angel that you could fuck. But mm-hmm. he's not, one, he's not as good looking as David Boreanaz. Two, he, like, is really just kind of a, he's a Chad. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a, he is very much a frat guy who then, like, goes into, um, like, I picture him as, like, uh, oh, do you remember in Zombie when, like, uh, you had, like, all those, like, zombies who were, like, kind of working together? Um like in that uh, military force or whatever, that paramilitary yeah. force. Yeah, Fillmore Graves. Kind of like, Fillmore Graves. Yeah, it very much reminds me of that. Like, I don't want to disparage the military, um, but I do feel like there are people that go into the military just for the excuse to, like, oh, I was able to, like, beat up people when I was in high school. Now I want to, like, beat the shit out of people as an mm-hmm. adult. Like, he comes off so much like that. He is, like, the prototypical jock. And every time they try to, like, give him a sensitive side or something, it really feels disingenuous to the character. It doesn't feel realistic at all. Yeah. Um, And then, like, what a stupid way for him to, like, actually, like, end up ending his relationship with Buffy. He's addicted to people suck, to vampires sucking his blood. That's dumb. Yeah. Like, everything about the character is so dumb. I I hate him. He's... (laughs) God, and we have to, like, we're going to have to talk about him for, like, (laughs) I think he has, like, a season in total, because he's, like, in a good chunk of season four, and then, like, the first part of season five, and then his ass is grass. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was first watching Buffy, I'm like, God, please tell me this guy goes away eventually. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. I don't have quite as strong feelings about Riley as you do, um, but I also think that you don't have quite as strong feelings about my least favorite character as I do, so good uh, good balance there. Um, but yeah, he's very... Uh, ugh, yeah, he's bland. He's... Um, and I don't... I, I want to say, I, I don't want to... Uh, by all accounts uh, that I've seen, Mark Lucas is just a delightful, lovely person in real life. Um, oh, I'm sure he is, this, but... Um, this character, yeah, is so... I, and what's frustrating about it is, too, is they, they were like, okay, we want to give Buffy a normal boyfriend, but then they... they but he's not. He's like this demon-fighting military guy. I, I think it almost would have been better if he had just been some random, normal guy. Like... Yeah, if he had been actually a Scott, have Scott that, Hope. 
Well, maybe not a Scott Hope. Hope. <laughs> um, but you know, to have an actual, um, an actual like comparison to Angel, because yeah, it, by making him to this superhero military guy, like super soldier thing that they do with him, yeah, you're right. He's a version of Angel that she can fuck, and that's mm-hmm. boring. That's really boring. I think. God, I, I hate saying this because I actually find the tedious hiding secret identities uh, to be one of like the worst parts of any superhero <laughs> property because I just I'm just like oh my god this is just just fucking tell them or write them off the show because this is stressful. <laughs> um, I, but I almost would be okay with like this idea of her having a completely normal boyfriend that she has to slowly bring into her world. Um, yeah, that could have been an interesting storyline as opposed to this and i you know also riley is tainted by being part of the initiative which is just kind of a misfire all around so yeah yeah all right who's my least favorite i i is it a regular no okay Mm. see like i was originally gonna go with dawn but we like did have that discussion last week about like (laughs) How how like Dawn isn't as bad as everybody yeah. says. Yeah, I don't mind. Oh wait a minute! You know I know is. who your least favorite character is. It's Kennedy. It is fucking Kennedy. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> let me let me settle in, folks. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he is um he is cracking his uh he is Better. cracking his neck and popping his knuckles. He's I'm ready to go. Frustrated. I'm trying to like make like the actual cracking noises and they're not happening. But whatever. Um, I'll add him in post. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just hear this unnatural just <laughs> like aluminum foil crinkling it <laughs> those are my bones all right harrison go on your i will give you an uninterrupted tirade on kennedy all right so first of all kennedy's unnecessary just put it um introducing a new love interest for willow uh so soon after tara's death uh, was disrespectful to Tara's memory and disrespectful to Willow's mourning process for Tara. Now, I can't blame Kennedy for that. That's a writing problem. So I will blame you, writers. Um, I love you, but I'm very disappointed. Um, <laughs> but Kennedy is also a potential. And as I mentioned before, I think in the last hot takes, the potentials are very frustrating because they are extremely underdeveloped but take up a lot of screen time um, to the detriment of the other characters. All right. But Kennedy herself. Kennedy is mean. Like, Kennedy is she is a self-proclaimed brat, and I cannot disagree with her. Um, she thinks she is way better than everyone, including Buffy. Um, and she's not. Um, she is extremely pushy to Willow. Part of the reason... Um, the killer in me is my least favorite Buffy episode is because Willow really doesn't want anything to do with Kennedy. And Kennedy is very forceful to like, basically it's like, you have to hang out with me uh, because we're both lesbians and that's how it has to work. Even though Willow does not want to. And I don't like how she pressures Willow into that. And then it's the episode at the end treats it like, Oh, it's romantic. No, it wasn't. It was creepy. It was gross. Kennedy is a, dick um so yeah i just i find kennedy her presence on screen is 
And in the episode Empty Places, which was a um, almost my least favorite episode, that's the one where everyone turns against Buffy and kicks her out of her own house, which I have a lot of strong feelings for. Uh, I hate that whole sequence. I hate everything about it. I think it's bullshit. And the part I hate most about it is Kennedy getting right up in there with everyone else. Everyone else of the regulars who have been friends with Buffy for years, while I'm frustrated with them, I do think they have legitimate arguments and grievances to make. But Kennedy basically gets in there and she's like, fuck you, Buffy, you suck. I'm going to follow Faith, who I've known for like two days and is a murderer. And I just, I find everything about her to be completely unpleasant and horrifying. And she's a dick, as I said. And it makes me furious that the only couple at the end of the show that's like together is Willow and Kennedy. But fun fact, they break up in the comics. So, (laughs) all right. Wow, you feel it. It's like it's like after taking a really good dump, like you just feel so. I feel I feel lighter. I feel I feel calm. I can get another. I can I can get my hook into another loop on my belt. (laughs) Yeah, I just find I find Um, Kennedy terrible from conception. Yeah, like to uh to to execution. So yeah, um, I I don't have too much to chime in on this with because honestly, Kennedy did not leave a huge impression on me. Um, she clearly left one on you, but like uh, <laughs> I've only watched through all of season seven um, once, and honestly, there's like so much other stuff going on that Kennedy just didn't really leave an impression on me. I just there honestly i feel like the only times i remember that she's there is when you talk about how much you hate her so um yeah and and honestly that's like a strike against her because i mean that meant mm-hmm. she was forgettable yep. for me and she's boring too yeah i mean she didn't have like a she didn't have a, any good moments um but uh but yeah i mean <laughs> Your hatred for Kennedy is legendary, and it'll be <laughs> really fun to, like... Because I go off about Xander. I've gone off about Xander so many times in the episodes that we've done. It'll be really funny to hear, like, that level of yep. vitriol when we get to Season 7. Um, I just wish it could last longer so you could, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> just go on and on about <laughs> about Kennedy. Um, all right. Least favorite Angel character... And I am almost certain that we're on the same page on this one too, um, um, because we. Okay, say, I, we definitely are, but <laughs> I'm going just for the sake of mixing things up. I'm going to let you say yours because we know who it is, and then I'm going to go with like my second least favorite, just as a, to to just you know mix things up, keep things interesting. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, least favorite angel character. We've already talked about him in last week's episode uh it's connor yeah like oh my god um and this is adult connor like played by vincent carthriser um i can't i can't like diss a baby <laughs> i mean i'm I well i could i can't <laughs> but um darla no, you connor... shouldn't have staked yourself not worth it <laughs> Ooh. um <laughs> connor is a shit mm-hmm. like I get that, and like you mentioned John saying, like, he has been through so much trauma um, being in that hell dimension with Holtz for so long, and like, being brainwashed to hate his father, Yeah, but you don't feel any sympathy for him. Ever. 
I think one of the things that pisses me off the most, like one of the moments that pisses me off the most is when, is in Spin the Bottle, when uh, um, Connor's doing his, uh, Connor's doing his traditional like, oh, I'm going to try to kill Angel this week. And um, Angel, of course, thinks he's 17. So um, Angel is basically speaking as Liam and uh, he's talking about- without the accent, thank God. Yeah. He's talking about how uh, how awful his father is, and Connor is basically saying like, "Oh yeah, totally know what you mean." And I'm like, "Bitch! Every time you've seen Angel, like you are going off of all the shit that Holtz has told you, but literally every time you have seen Angel, he has done nothing but try to help you and try to be good to you, and you have completely ignored that. So fuck you, you little asshole." What's really frustrating right. about it too is, yeah, like yeah, he's been brainwashed his entire life into believing that Angel is the enemy, but he also basically by the end of season three, um, and early on in season four, was basically handed proof that all of that was untrue, and while I can understand that it takes time to move past all that and recover, that we never see him trying to do any of that work. That could have been an interesting arc for Connor is this this struggle that everything he grew up with was a lie and he has to relearn everything he thought he knew. But that's not what we get. We get, yeah, this sniveling little bitch who is basically any, like you said uh, in the last episode, anytime anyone has something negative to say about Angel, he's like, yeah, 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 fuck that guy. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, and, uh, and um, obviously I'm not counting season five Connor appearances mm-hmm. because reality was altered so that he wasn't an <laughs> asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, that is my least favorite angel character. So um, since I- I'm assuming that was probably your pick for least favorites. Um, but uh, yeah. So tell me who your second least favorite. Okay. Is. So mine is a character who is also heavily involved in season four and season four's arc. Uh, is it, it the beast? Is, it is the beast. Um, the, the beast is, it, it is, you know, it should be cool. Like, it's, he's this. He looks cool. He looks cool, but he's, one, he's just ultimately, he's just a little bitch. Um, like, like Connor. Yeah, and- he's, uh, <laughs> he's just like the minion to the real big bad. And, you know, that's fine. I'm not opposed to that. But he's also just, he's constantly. You know, I don't. I don't particularly find anything that the actor who plays him gives him anything to work. Like he doesn't. He's not. He, he. I don't know. I don't know how to explain why I don't like this character. Just nothing about him works for me. He's very. He cheesy. is a facil- He is a facilitator for the awful season four storyline. I mean, yes. So. And quite frankly, his stretch of season four is the my least favorite part. I think there's some good stuff in the buildup earlier in the season, like while they're looking for Cordelia. Um, and then I, as I've mentioned, I actually do think that the Jasmine stuff is kind of interesting later in the season. It's all that stuff in the middle, particularly the beast and this like no sun storyline and all of this. It just, I just, it just doesn't make any sense. This character doesn't make any sense. Um, he's so over the top. He's so cheesy, um, and not in a fun way. It just, yeah, I don't care for the beast. 
Um, He's like a placeholder villain. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, the entity that was inhabiting Cordelia is like the actual villain right. of the of the season, and yet he's like supposed to be there, kind of like to draw attention away from Cordelia right. and be like, oh, this is clearly the bad guy. And it's, he's not, he's like very toothless and mm -hmm. yeah, like, but he looks cool. He does look cool. He, I, he, I he looks cool. I can't fault the design team uh, or the costumers. Um, yeah. He also is the impetus for the season four Angelus arc, which I also just don't, I, I don't like the way they write Angelus in this arc uh, in season four. Um, so that's also just another strike against him. Um because my answer, another consideration I almost had was uh, the season four version of Angelus was almost my least favorite angel character too. But um, that episode where uh, you think that they're like they're going to get rid of Angel's soul, and you think that it all works out, awakening, and in the end, yeah, and in the end, it's like all a big tease. I remember hating and loving that episode yeah. at the same time, like. You got me. Yeah. You actually got me. So it was um, really funny yeah. when we were watching that episode on our recent watch through. John was like, like every time something would happen in the episode, he was like, wait, so like, okay, suddenly there's a magic sword that they can defeat. Oh, and conveniently it's right in Los Angeles. And he was getting so frustrated throughout the whole episode. It was like, <laughs> Why is this suddenly so easy? Like, oh, you two were meant for each other. And then at the end of it, he was, um, so yeah. Um, you two are so meant for each other. We're, it's ridiculous. We're pretty good. It's cute. It's cute. Um, all right, guys, we have made it to our last, um, our last uh, query, mm -hmm. probably the most important of all. Yeah. And uh, we're not gonna like guess or anything. Um, we're just gonna like let each other have their say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and this is referring to the series Angel or Buffy. Harrison. Um, I'll go first. Okay. Um, for go me, on. it's, I mean, it is Buffy for me. I think both shows are great um, and both have their strengths and both have their weaknesses. And um, I, um, uh, I, I enjoy, I also enjoy them almost as one show sometimes, like really like getting into like this last watch I just did with John, where we got to, we watched them concurrently with one another. And that's such a fun journey. And of course, that's what we're going to be doing as well. Um, but Buffy, one, Buffy is um, is my favorite television show. Just, just there. Um, but I, um, it also is the show for me. It has, um, uh, it's really what inspired me to get back into writing. You know, I, I, I've always written, but that this was the show where as I was watching it, I, it really kind of was like, oh my God, this is like the, the power of a good story um, and got me to really like reevaluate my relationship with writing um, and particularly writing television and writing film, which is what I, what I focus on in my writing and um, really kind of um, uh, ignited that passion for me in a way that it hadn't been before. Um, and then it just is for quality of the show. I think um, Buffy's, uh, as I said, both shows have their highs and lows. I do think Angel's lows tend to be lower um, than, than Buffy's. Um, because Buffy Buffy is always, for the most part, always fun 
even if it's not necessarily like the best episode or the best art, um, I can generally still have a good time. Whereas Angel, uh, fun isn't always the word I would use over on Angel. Um, it's a darker show and I do like dark, but that means like if an episode isn't working for me, um, or if a season is not working for me, it can be such a slog. Um, but Angel has so many wonderful moments and characters and arcs that, um, you know, this is, this is, uh, degrees of, of differences between the two, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll agree for it with most of that. Um, I do think there are some moments in Buffy that I I feel like Angel might actually be more consistent overall. Um, I will say, though, that the highest of Buffy's highs are higher than the highest of Angel's highs. Mm -hmm. Um, I just said high a lot. (laughs) You did. Um, (laughs) But uh, I I hope that point came across. Yeah, Um, yeah. I I am also going I am also going to pick Buffy. Um, like you said, these shows are so intertwined, and I mean they obviously have a lot of the same people working on both. That um, they are almost one big series, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm actually really looking forward to uh, when I get to um, when the originals happen with uh, crossing over with Vampire Diaries. I don't know if there are as many crossovers. I do know there are crossovers, but I feel like it's going to have a very similar feeling to Buffy and Angel. I pick... I love Angel. Like I said, but I've already said it this episode, Angel's my favorite, like one of my favorite fictional characters, and I really enjoy the series. I think season five is almost entirely a masterpiece. Um, there are a couple of not so great moments. Um, the cautionary like, tale of Numero Cinco. Of Numero Cinco. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, you got it. Um, uh, and, uh, but I also think that, um, that there are very few, there are very few things that I would even hold on par with, uh, the second half of season two of Buffy, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just like there's there's so much to love about each series, and I think the only reason that Buffy gets the nod over Angel for me is because of the significance that Buffy has on mm-hmm. the world of television in general. Like it, yeah. it, it re-emphasized arc storytelling in a way that um, other shows, even though they were doing arc storytelling at the time, weren't really. Like, it didn't hit home. I feel like Buffy changed the way the television was done. Yeah, yeah, and and also the fact that Buffy had to do it first. Like, like I mentioned before, like Sarah Michelle, when I was talking about how great Sarah Michelle Gellar is, like, Buffy's, Buffy can be a bit of a hard sell when you're just kind of talking about it and you aren't familiar with it at all. And, I mean, the first season obviously is not one of the strongest points in the series but they like kept going through and they kept selling it and they built up the fan base to the point where they were able to create angel and um angel and angel was able to like get that audience like there weren't some people who were like oh i think i'm gonna 
I, I mean, there may have been, but I think there's very few people that are like, oh, I think I'm going to watch this Angel show out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and not worry about Buffy. Uh, but yeah, it's... Yeah, Buffy... Um, Buffy changed television. Buffy is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I wouldn't call it my absolute favorite, but there have been times when it has been that spot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, both are really great. Yeah. And uh, both are really worth the watch. Yeah. Well said, Jason. Well said. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it. Um, I thought I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed yeah. getting to bust out of the no spoilers game and just really go all in on like but now we have to go back when we do the freshman to like we just like let all these spoilers loose and now we need to like go back to oh yeah let me get that mindset of we all we have is seasons one through three yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well take us out jason all right Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. Um, and also thank you for staying with us for these three seasons. Um, it'll be very interesting going forward now that we'll be covering two shows. Yeah. Uh, and that coverage will start on October 22nd with Buffy Season 4, Episode 1, The Freshman. The Freshman. I'm Jason, and you can find me on Instagram at yamij 357 and on Twitter at yamij. Mm-hmm. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Uh, you can also find my musings on the horror genre uh, at my blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. I don't, I honestly can't remember what movie I will have posted about when this is released. So um, it'll be a surprise. It'll probably be a Halloween movie. <laughs> yes, because this will be October, and October is my Halloween month. Famously, it, October is the month where Halloween is in, so. <laughs> I learned so many things on this show. Yeah. Um, this you is can find an edutainment uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. In both those instances, the and is spelled out A-N-D. Yes. Also, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever you get your podcast, your podcatcher of choice. Um, we uh, are all over the place, all of the places. So, yeah. And as always, go slay. And be gay. By the way, happy, uh, sorry, um, before we go... Uh, we did recently have National Coming Out Day. Yes. Um, so happy Coming Out Day to all of those, one, who have uh, made the journey to come out. And uh, and I would say almost even more importantly to those people who are still uh, thinking about it. Um, yep. As I have said on my Facebook post, as I said in my Facebook post, um, the most important thing is you take your time, do it when you're ready. And uh, when you are, we'll be here to give you all the love. Yes. But yeah. yes. <laughs> so go be gay. Go be gay. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Bye. Bye.